Hi, it's Becky here from Thriving Language and I'm really pleased to be joined by Helen Glass and we're in a lovely setting in Forest School today and Helen is an educationist working with, she's been working with teenagers um, in senior school. So hi Helen, nice to see you today. Hi Becky, nice to be here. I love to actually be face to face, it's fab, it's really good. So Helen, would you like to just give us a little bit, I know you've, you've written a book but obviously yeah. we'll go back a little bit from that, would you like to just give us a little bit from sort of how did you start your educational journey okay well in terms of going into becoming a teacher myself it was quite ironic really um, because my parents my grandfather and my great uncle were all teachers and I vowed that I would never be a teacher <laughs> right. it was absolutely the last thing I wanted to do I used to see the piles of marking and the you know the sort of furrowed brows and I thought no that's not for me uh, and yet I found myself doing a PGCE it's in your genes, you see. Yes, in my genes, clearly. It was, yeah, it was in, it was in my DNA. Um, and I went to King's in London, did my PGCE, and enjoyed the experience. Yeah. Had some pretty hairy moments. Right. But it was, you know, it was exciting, it was exhilarating. And um, 30 years on, I, you know, I was still there. You were so, um, it, it kept me engaged. Uh, it was never boring. Teenagers are, you know, fantastic to work with as well. It's, what made you go to work with teenagers? I'm just thinking because obviously we've got people working in early years and primary, yeah. and and sometimes they think, oh, do you know what? I'd like to go and work with teens. And what what made you go and work with teenagers? I think actually it was to do with having been a very bolshy teenager myself, right? And often came up, you know, um, hard against the system of school myself, right? Um, and I felt sorry for teenagers um, very often in secondary settings because they they get a hard time they get a hard press generally you yeah. know lots of people are very anti-teens and so having the opportunity to work with them I found yeah very rewarding actually and just yeah. and I think it is I think you're right I think it's sometimes a little bit hard press isn't it you get that toddler age which is hard which is like gets a really bad press because yeah. actually they're they're just trying to regulate and they need you to co-regulate with them and actually that's not that different from no. teenagers as no. well isn't it all the same sort of things are happening in their that's brains right, yeah. and it's overwhelming isn't it so it is, yeah. what what would you say as a teacher is is the most important thing for a teacher of any age really what would mm. you think would be the most important thing a piece of advice really you can share or yeah well I, I mean this is a question I've been asked many times over the years and I always come back to the same thing and it's curiosity it is maintaining one's own curiosity about learning and about people mm. and fostering that in in the young people that you work with whether they're teeny tinies or whether yeah. they're you know aged teens the same truth applies all the way through because if you have curiosity you will continue to be open to experiences whether that's in schools or, or in life and certainly as educationalists we're not just we're not just trying to teach them to operate within the four walls of the school we're thinking about what is life going to be like for them beyond the classroom that is such a valid point isn't it because i think i think that's the same for any educationist it's like actually what 
we might be working with a child now but we need to think what what where is it going and what is the point of what we're doing now it's not mm. just in its own sort of silo is it? it's not just in its own little bit it's like how do we prepare the child for the future and for yeah. they, that's why they've got to be able to do things for themselves isn't yes. it and they've got to we've got to follow what they're engaged with and really look at that but yeah. i love that as a curiosity because it's it's really crucial isn't it to understand yourself as a teacher mm. and, and like you say what is your background and what do you bring to the table yes. and also keep researching like I like we're just researching all the time to understand things and things change all the time and yeah. it can't just stay still can it that's not education no no that's that's fatal I mean, yeah it's, got, it's like a shark you've got to keep swimming yeah yeah keep swimming <laughs> and keep yeah, slightly aggressive analogy yeah. possibly no. but the principle <laughs> is there you know to survive and to continue i mean actually sitting here with you becky you know in the sunshine and i can smell the cow parsley and i can see little midges in the air and the lights sort of dappling through the leaves and this way of learning actually in this physical environment, I mean, how much more effective is that than talking to young people oh, about flowers and yeah. trees and actually being here and smelling? Because the five yeah. senses are being appealed to, aren't they? Totally. And I think it's probably no coincidence that as a little as a little one, I attended a Steiner nursery school right, and there was, of okay. course, a lot of that sensory play. Yeah. And then I went to, you know, regular state school for the rest of the time, but it had an impact on me as a small yes. person. And when I became a head teacher later in my career, I thought a lot about how do we keep that kind of live learning, that reality-based learning going yeah. in schools. Because very often, particularly at the secondary end, you know, it's squeezed out. Yeah. You know, for all sorts of very valid reasons. Budgets, um, you know, policy change, politics government you know all of those outside influences yes. but it becomes ever more important that you you maintain that that love of learning that curiosity um, by all means possible and also also if you're thinking about plants and things like that and we've said before why would that lesson not be outside yeah. because because we can look at a powerpoint we can perhaps look at a press flower or a flower that's come in but if you go outside yeah and you search and you research you're going to find out so much more that's aren't right. you more than you thought yeah, you were going to do that's right. but it's just having the having the sort of confidence as well as the teacher to go I'm going to do this I'm going to do this outside mm. because actually this is going to make much more sense yes. so I think it's it's sometimes unpicking what we're doing as educationists and think ah oh, there's yeah. a different way I could yeah. do that and but, that risk taking yeah. is very important and yeah and I think for new entrants to the profession um I, you know, I feel that, you know, there's a danger that that's going to be again crushed out of, of new entrants to the profession if we become so tied up with, you know, the bureaucracy yeah. and the policy and the rules and regulations. Of course, things are there to protect everybody, and that's important. But we mustn't lose sight of that. No, that it's, it's really important, isn't it? Yeah. That they don't, that they, they, those people coming through have a voice and are listened to. Mm. It's not just it's been done like this. So we're always going to do it like that. It's yeah. like actually, come on, let's let's look at education and see around the world and see what's working really yeah. well and where the happiest children are yeah. and what they're doing. So no, that's a really valid point. So you used to go. You were exec an executive head, weren't you? I was. I worked as a, a head and then I worked as a consultant. So I, I then oversaw several secondary schools right, within, okay, a, within okay. various um, multi academy trusts. And I also had responsibility for primary sector as okay. well within those trusts, um, which was a you know which was a challenge for me because that's that's not that's my not, background. Yeah. 
and I learnt a lot actually from my time in primary schools and observing you know the way they were they were learning and um, I saw a lot more in primary schools of the type of learning this reality based yeah, this sensory yeah. approach uh, that I liked very much and uh, you know that secondary schools would do well to, to adopt do, yes. a lot more of that yeah. definitely, definitely oh yeah we really welcome um you know, secondary school teachers into forest school or yeah. into come and have a look and see what we do in early yeah. years and see what the base is because yeah. it, it definitely isn't just play it's really deeply engaged yes. play and it's research the research we put behind it we just make it look really simple yeah. but the, but the re research behind it is huge it's oh, absolutely no, massive sure. so yeah so, I remember um, one of the, the projects that we ran when I was head of Central which was the boys school in Gloucester and we would we were looking at the um, the First World War with right. the boys. So we had a gentleman came in from the, the museum in Gloucester to talk about weapons and he brought weapons in for the boys to actually try. Yeah. But we also created a trench. So we right. dug up the fields. So it was oh, proper, real, yeah, you know, to scale. Yeah. And uh, the boys had a day where they cooked food in, in mess tins. Right. And they had to, we replicated the experience of having trench foot. We did that by, they had to wear socks with sand and hair gel. Right. So, oh my so goodness, it was horrible, kind of yeah. sticky. And they had to walk around the fields to get the idea what it would have felt like, the discomfort. Yeah. And, you know, and that's at secondary. And that they is learned. A, and it yeah. was fantastic. And, and I, I bet their comments and their understanding of it was something totally different, wasn't totally it? Different. Because, yeah. yeah, you just, you know, we can touch on it a little bit of the discomfort that these people felt in yeah. the war. And actually, that's an awesome way of doing it because mm. because they're going to understand a lot more and they're going to be able to sort of put themselves in that place right, aren't yeah, they yeah. oh that's so clever so so obviously because you've had such a an awesome journey from being like this sort of student teacher yeah. to helping to turn like the sort of um educational facilities around mm. and and just like sort of the way that you've approached it as well is fantastic so so you've actually written a book haven't you I have indeed, so, yes. so what's your book called my book is called an accidental headship right okay i love that yeah yeah <laughs> now you have to read it to find out why it's called an accidental <laughs> headship but it will become quite um quite obvious um but there is something about my journey through education which yeah. has been about being in either the wrong place at the right yeah. time or the right place at the wrong time um some things have just happened yeah you know you might say well that was meant to be i don't know um but i have again curiosity has taken me time and time again to a place where opportunities have, yeah. have opened up to me and i've been very fortunate um but i was always prepared to take risks yes so you know? that curiosity and mm. taking risks yeah. is a really strong key message isn't it, it? Is. for anybody yeah. in education yeah. so oh i love that where could we find your book where can we well you can you can uh, order it directly through the publishers which is silverwood publishers and they're yeah. based in bristol and you can of course get it from amazon okay. and you can order it from waterstones right oh brilliant right so we'll have a look at that i read it i loved it oh, <laughs> it was you. really thank good <laughs> yeah it was fantastic so as always thank you so much for joining us helen it's really lovely and i'm sure we'll be speaking to helen again because that was a great conversation so um, and obviously if anybody wanted to find you Helen have yeah. you got an email that we can yes pop on? I have my email is morejoyoftext at yahoo.co.uk and Helen is a field of knowledge so if you've got any questions you know please do email her and ask her because she's got 
so much experience and we need to use brilliant people like Helen to help help keep education moving forward so and as always you can find um, Thriving Language on www.thrivinglanguage.co.uk you can email us on Rebecca at thrivinglanguage.co.uk email us any questions you've got around communication play outdoor learning speech and language um, and also that's a free service so please anonymize any child that you that you're working with however please do ask us don't think there isn't any help out there because there is you're really welcome to ask us you can find our publications on bloomsbury and routledge as well and we've got our own books on our website so thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again bye bye <laughs>